Hey, it's Todd coming to you from the Sports Review and uh, Spirituality Library here in Verona, Wisconsin, in my apartment. And um, the thing about this is that I love doing these reviews, and I'm going to do one right now on a, uh, on a team that I don't know a hell of a lot of the players on when I go through it. Um, so that's why I'm glad I'm doing it, I guess. You got the Royals right here from 19... 19. 2023. I was thinking about the Royals in the 19, uh, the teams they had in the 80s and 90s and, uh, the power that these guys had on turf and the, and the fast players and, uh, you know, and then they came around to 2014 when they, uh, just got edged out by the uh, by the Giants, and then when they beat the Mets in 2000, uh, 2015, I believe it was. So you know, this team is this team is got a lot of the same characteristics that the other teams did back then. They got a lot of young players that are playing their way into the roster, and um, you know, a lot of young players back then. We know them as Mustakas, Hosmer. Mustakas, Hosmer, and a, and a hell of a lot of good pitching. But, uh, so that's what I've got to say about that. So let's get to know these guys. And we're going to start out with MJ Melendez. He's a catcher. So he's a, uh, he's a catcher. He's average and mediocre to best. And, uh, you know, he's just a good guy there for uh, Salvatore, Salvatore to, uh, to to train. Because that's what they're going to be looking for. They're going to be looking for uh, somebody to replace the big sale. By the way, he's, Salvatore Perez is the best catcher not only in not only in Royals history but right up there with the uh MLB history also because of his longevity and and the way he plays the game. So the thing is is this MJ Melendez is like I said he's uh he's all uh, he's all He's a lot of field and no hit, from what I can see. But he's just he's a mediocre offensive player too, and um, he's twenty four years old and he he bats left, he throws right. Isn't that amazing? You all catches throw right. Um, <clears throat> but I think that. Uh, there's a reason behind all that, so. And. Let's go on to the next one. Next guy here. Alright, I'm going to go on to uh, Sal Perez here for the last minute. He's been around for a long time and all that. 
know, he's, he's not he's not senior citizen yet, but he is getting to have some serious he's dealing with some serious issues, serious ailments, but uh you know, not last year but the year before, he was incredible. I believe he had forty eight bombs in the uh in the twenty one two thousand twenty one season. And he's always been the best he's always been one of the best fielding catchers fielding catchers that there's ever been. Um it's it's because of his uh his leadership too is really uh is really gives him a lot to the game. And that's the thing that we look for is for catchers for leadership. And you know, it's it helps too is like with a guy like Melendez on board that you can sit there and you can train him and he can become the uh he become become Salvatore Perez. Salvatore. Salvador Perez, sorry about that. Okay, say sometimes sometimes my uh pronunciation it gets left in the back of the bus, so it's not very good sometimes, but I try. Yeah, this guy, Perez is incredible, and the other thing I marvel at is he's is, is six foot three, 255 pounds, and he can move behind the plate like, it's unbelievable the way how, how big this guy is. You don't see catchers this big anymore. It reminds me of like Lance Parrish when he was with the Tigers back in Motown in the early 80s. Early 80s and then early uh, 90s. So yeah, Perez has been around since the 11, 2011 and um, yeah, he's also, he's, he's done a great job with him. And 21, he had 100 61 games, 620 at-bats. He uh, homered 48 times. Struck out a little bit, but that's what comes with the home runs, as we all know, as from the home run era. And, like I said, he's got a... Uh, His career OPS is 764. Um, he's drawn it into a few double plays, I can tell you that much. <laughs> so, you can be playing some first base too. Seems like today when you have a, uh, I'll, it says everyday catcher. There's a there's an asterisk that says he plays first base too, so he's probably gonna play like maybe I don't know. You see these guys, they play like he plays. He play maybe like he play maybe like half his games at first and half his games behind the mound, or half his games at first, and probably play. Um, probably only playing about 25 to 30% of the games behind the plate, if any at all, you know. 
Well, things going to be DH too, so. He had a good spring. And, um, you know, 860 in OPS in the spring, so, you know, it's, it's not all bad. Like I said before, he's got a, uh, he's pretty damn good, I know that much. They make such a big deal out of catchers now, and, uh, you know, they say, oh, this guy's coming up. You gotta see him put, you gotta see him catch. Well, reality is, no, I don't, because usually, usually they're overhyped, and, uh, until they get up and start taking on the, the workload of being a catcher, then that's what, that's what's gonna keep you, uh, that's what causes a lot of, uh, a lot of indecision with managers is where they should be, how they should be handling the pitching staff and how, most of all, who should be handling the pitching staff too. So, let's go on to the next guy if it allows me to. All right. Video two, first base. Vinny Pasquantino was the next guy that's up here. And everyday first base. Twenty-five years old. He's out of Richmond. Bats left, and he throws left. So he's good. So he can handle himself behind the at first base. Six-four, two forty-five. Well, he's also begin moving around with uh, probably with Perez too. And. I believe he's a pretty good offensive, pretty good defensive catcher too, but so this guy's gonna be good for your fantasy team too, so keep an eye on him. He's probably just you're probably just gonna want him to be on the bench at first, but um I do have this to say. Why did the Twins change their original logo to a freaking Mickey Mouse logo? That, that goofy-looking M on the hat, that's what got me. It's like, why did you do, do that? Maybe I just don't know. Maybe it's some special thing they do on opening day or something, but I just thought it looked really offbeat. So in 2022, Pescantino, 2.6 fantasy points a game. I had 258 at bats, 76 hits, 10 doubles, 
10 home runs, 35 walks, and yes, 34 strikeouts. Excellent. 832 OPS. They said he had 10 home runs and uh, 258 at best, which is pretty darn good. Drawn into nine double plays, which is one of the negatives to give with him. He's full first baseman. And he played. All right, so that's what we got for Vinny. That's what we got for Pasquitino. I like that guy, I like his name too. Look at his stats. I like his height. All right, on to second base, we go. This guy's gonna be Michael Mackey, or Michael Massey, sorry. He's the, right, he's the rookie second baseman this year for the uh, starting out for the Royals. And let's see what the heck he's got going on. All right. Well, he's number 19 in the scorebook, and he's number, number one in your heart if you're a Royals fan. Um... Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Can you believe that one? But anyways, <laughs> projections this year are 319.5 fantasy points. Okay, we know that. But I'm going to skip right over that part. But I'm going to skip right and go right to the uh, 492 at best. Just say he's going to play 130 games. He's going to have 54 runs scored, 132 hits, 29 doubles, 2 triples. Uh, he's going to have 32 walks, 9-11 stolen bases. This is all, all projection. So it's, it's not true stats. 752 OPS, they say he's going to have. So anyways, all right, I'm going to skip right down to the... Uh, he played 52 games last year as a rookie. He had 173 at-bats, 42 hits, scored 16 runs, nine doubles, one triple, four home runs, and uh, 683 OPS. So the new, st uh, new system again, it's just bringing more speed back to the game, less power, more speed, Natural natural positioning instead of playing softball, and um, this guy's gonna be a uh, this guy's gonna play first base, second base for a while in Kansas City. 
I don't know if he's giving the next Frank White or not, but uh, I don't think anybody else does either. So that's what I really like about uh, you know it, it, it's amazing how fast this uh, time in my life has gone and how they were old, the Royals positioning players like Brett and White and and uh, some of these guys that played for a while with them. Could uh could seriously play in an era like this, especially especially Brett and White because of their 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 uh, ability to uh, field. Frank White's one of the best fielders that's ever come across a uh, artificial turf. You know, and think about artificial turf though is that yeah, it's faster on the infield, the ball went faster in the infield, but there is a lot more true, but truly good hops. You know, like. It wasn't going to take a bad hop unless it hit one of those seams. So you just didn't know where the seam was when you were playing. And uh, anyways, but uh, you know, I, I enjoy these. Uh, one of the things that the Royals have done really well is they have not given up the traditional power, their traditional uniforms, and. Um, Pretty much the same thing. It's the light baby blue with the KC on the hat like it's always been. And uh, there's no all this, there's none of this crazy looking hat stuff going on. You know, they, they, who's, who's done that, they need to do away with that, but they're not going to because you know what? It sells a lot of freaking, sells a lot of hats, a lot of, a lot of jerseys, a lot of, a lot of marketing in a, uh, in a, in a, in a, when you got to pay for these, pay, pay the players a lot. <laughs> Unbelievable. But, so yeah, it's just like one of those things, you know, if the guy wants to own a ball team, he better have some, uh, he better have some change to throw around too. So, instead of manhole covers. I can kind of do ADHD style here, is what I like to say. And uh, going back to uh, Hunter Dozier, he's supposed to be the backup. Uh, he's a back. He's a third baseman, but he's played, plays quite a few different. I don't know he's played first base, and I played. He's played first base in his life. You know, he's played a lot of. He's played some second, but mostly his most man, his most. His, Played position is going to be a third base. So, this guy's pretty, uh, he's done pretty good for Minnesota. <laughs> Not those guys with the Mickey Mouse uniforms, talking about the Kansas City Royals. All right. Yeah, he's a, uh, I'm not going to go through too many of his projections because there's really not much to project off him. You know, he's he's been around for a while. He's, um, he's going back into being, he's either going to be a utility player or, you know, play a little third, play, play do a little DH in. He's a right-handed hitter. He's got that ability to be a, uh, 
got the ability to be come off the bench and get you a key hit here and there and got set his OPS is six eighty for or I'm sorry, six seventy nine for last year, six eighty for twenty twenty one. Talk about being consistent. And uh he is consistently in a downward slide. 2019, his OPS was uh, 870, 737 at 21, 20, I'm sorry, let me go through this again, 870 in 2019, and in 2020, 737, 680 for 21, and 679 for 22. So, so those are the numbers that really tell me a lot about a guy. You know, it's, it's not how many, uh, It's not about the RBIs or anything like that. You know, it's even even you can even look at the stats and look at stolen bases. They're going to be more true to form coming into this year because of the new style of play, which is fine. And um, you know, this guy, quite frankly, he doesn't measure up pretty much with the uh, with the offensive expectations that the Royals are going to have of Hunter Hunter Dozier. And, you know, he's, he was very much a prospect in the early... Well, he's pretty, he's a, he was a big... He's a prospect in 2018. But he hasn't lived up to it. You know, all he is pretty much is the average backup player, if that. Um, he's got... He's a Wichita Falls, Texas, 6'4", 220. I said that before. He's 31 years old, so so if he's going to do it, he needs to do it now. And that's not any of how to talk either. So, on we go. We're going to go to Nicky Lopez now, too. I'm going to bounce, bouncing around a little bit with the uh, with the backups, and Lopez can play short second base, shortstop. I'm sure he can get some third base in there, but he's, he's born in Illinois. He's 28 years old. He's five foot eleven, hundred seventy-five pounds. He is a. I want to say left-hander. He's just one second here. It's the thing with sometimes I say stuff, and I'm like, you know. I'm saying it was as I think of them, and it was as I think that she'd be. And it comes back and haunts me. And I like to haunt me, but it makes me realize, makes teaches me a good lesson about being sure of what you're saying before you say it. So, yeah, he bats left and he throws right. So, um, that's what I thought, but sometimes I just don't know. And... The same thing with Lopez too. He's pretty much he plays he backs up at third base too. And uh third base, shortstop and second base he backs up at. He's a good little utility player, but like I say, he's he's not gonna light the world on fire and he's not gonna be going to the next Hall of Fame vote. So he's restricted power, he's 
got restricted power and he's not, you know, he's, well, he's got a decent glove and uh, he can get a hit once in a while. And that's pretty much what they ask him, but they kill the infield, you know. Well, back in the, uh, I always like what they used to call the uh, utility infielders for the Brewers back in the day. And uh, back in the, especially the 82, 81 and 82 seasons, they used to call them, used to call them the shop crew. And uh, I pretty much meant they, they cleaned up for everybody at the end of, this, at the, end of the shift. So yeah, this is gonna be a uh it's gonna be a year for the or this is gonna be a year for the Royals of developing players. Like this guy is a uh he's got a five fifty four OPS for Lopez. Like I said, I don't see him being in the Hall of Fame anytime soon. There's another guy here too that I, I thought would catch on sooner or later. His name's Matt Duffy. Yeah, I think the Royals were smart to bring him over because of his uh, of his experience. He's got seven years of experience so far. Six two, one seventy. He's born in Long Beach, California. So. All right, this is what I see with Matt Duffy. And I don't know if I'm wrong or not, this is, but I do like the way he uh, he plays a lot of positions, and he plays a lot of positions in a uh, these projections of a uh, six eighty six OPS for this year. Um. He's got a 2.3 fantasy rate. He's having 2.3 fantasy points a, a game. And um, so in 22, he was with the Angels. And playing 77 games. Six nineteen OPS. He can do better than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's his career low for old no. Yeah, it's pretty much his career low. He started out with the Giants, went to Tampa Bay. Went on to do uh he must be the he must have spent twenty twenty in the uh says with the Yankees, but I don't even think he was in Tampa. For uh, for the developmental cab, so he must be spent. Uh, he must have been out of out of baseball, out of loop for a year. And twenty one with the Cubs, you had OPS of seven thirty eight. So it looks like he had pretty much. Uh, 
He had less. He had less of bats with the uh, with the Angels because probably because of poor performance. So what I see is the fact that he is a. Uh, say he's a third baseman here, and say he's a backup third baseman, and I've known him to play quite a few different positions too. So that's the thing that baseball has given me the blessing to uh, being able to read and look at stats, look at numbers, and you know, and, and come up with somewhat of a baseball card and analyzation of a of a player. And I'm going to save the best player for last on the infield, Bobby Witt. He's six feet one, 190 pound, age 22, out of Collegeville, Texas. This guy, you know, his dad, Bobby Witt, was a pitcher in the Rangers and they played pitch for the Rangers in the 80s. And uh, he was a phenom when he came up. But I believe it was 1988. They opened or 86. They opened with the Brewers, and uh, you know what was just throwing incredible gas back then. Anyways, he was he was hitting a hundred on the radar gun. When a hundred was a hundred, that's when it was a hundred. And I just want to say is that I get I don't know, get animated or annoyed or people keep talking about oh it throws a hundred miles an hour you know and but they're they're doing what they're saying is they're saying the comparing the pictures of uh 80s 90s and 2000s to these guys that get their have a different radar they the it's, the radar has a has them with a ball coming out of their hand right now, you know, instead of the ball going across the plate, what's going on coming across the plate. And that's what matters. That's what the batter's seeing. But so it looks like a hundred miles per hour. Well, yeah, it's hundred miles per hour coming out of his hands. But coming gets to the plate, it's only about 97. So it slows, you know, so the batter gets a little bit more of a look. Now, if that, if that ball's coming in and they're at home plate, and that ball is at a hundred. That's overpowering. It's not the hundred mile per hour they say now, because that's about ninety five back in the day. And um, you know, and I just I don't want to be the uh, curmudgeon of baseball, and you know, I'm just saying there's just a discrepancy there between between what uh, radar guns, what the uh, I remember when I was down in Boyd, I went to a lot of games down there, when uh, Fielder and Gwen and all those guys were coming in. And um, it was pretty amazing how they used it. The first round pick for the Brewers was a guy named Mike Jones. And I used to sit by the pitchers for quite a few years then, because they would sit back there and they would uh, gun the pitchers what they were throwing at and how how they were throwing and they'd write like all these notes and stuff like that. 
down for scouting notes and uh, to give back to the manager of what they saw because there's a boy that was always had a lower uh, seat where he could sit behind home plate. Where he could sit behind home plate, or he could sit up in the stands. And it was always fun for me to go sit behind home plate with him because, you know, I could ask him questions about that. And that was one of the questions I asked. You know, why is he throwing 91 when it says in my book he can throw 94? And they told me that, hey, you know, he's he's probably throwing 94 miles per hour the way they were, they were radaring back then, but he's only throwing um, 891 with these, so we have old radar guns. So, uh, I learned a lot of baseball down there. It was, it was baseball 101 for me down there, and it was a lot about the game. A lot of stuff I didn't know, even though I had watched the game for many for my whole life. And um you know, it's been good for me. It's good for me to see those guys down there and you know, I saw I saw uh I saw a lot of good players down there. I saw a lot of MVPs, I saw some Cy Youngs. And uh sat with a lot of gentlemen some of the few general managers too and picked their brains and picked the brains of the umpire uh Chief umpire critic, or the head of the umpires, and um, unbelievable. Plus, I sat with the commissioner of Midwest League, George Spelius, and that was that was entertainment too. So we've got a 763 OPS per wet as projected. Let me get down. He's 722 in his rookie year, like I said. And uh, 30 stolen bases, 30 walks, 135 strikeouts, which in reality, <laughs> it's not that bad. So he had a uh, he had a pretty good rookie year, and you know he's, I believe he's gonna have a, a pretty good rookie year. I believe he's gonna come back and have an even better uh, sophomore year, two-year career or whatever you call it. Yeah, he's, he's 20, he's, he's very young, and uh, it helps to be a, it helps to be a ball player's son because you kind of, you understand what it's going to take to be a ball player in a major league or how much time and, uh, you know, how you hear, how you spend three days here and go on the road, so you go on a trip and, uh, you know, you can spend three days at home Playing at home, at home, but then when you go on the road, you're gonna, you're gonna be there. You're gonna be on the road for about ten. Sometimes they have twelve game road trips, you know. And that means you're gone for two weeks. But you know, and that's what you get paid for. So. Either either put up or you shut up, right? All right. So what we have up next is uh, I went through Hunter Dozier already. They got him playing third base, but I just don't see it. I don't see him playing third base that much this year. I believe they're going to be uh, bringing somebody up that's been hot down in the minors, or they're going to be uh, 
making a trade. Edward Oliveris. 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 Right field. And anyways, he's a big pen prospect in your organization too, and and um Six two hundred and eighty six pounds, he's out of Caracas, Venezuela. Two years experience. Right handed bat, right handed thrower. Uh, we'll see what he did last year. Last year, he had 1.9 fantasy points. He had 161 at bats. He had uh, four dingers. He walked 10 times and 161 at bats. Horrible. In my eyes, anyways. And he, uh, he struck out 36 times. That's not that bad. Pretty good, actually, for nowadays. He has 743 OPS, 410 slugging. Twenty-one was is more of the same. Five homers, 697 OPS. Um, he's been gradually getting better as uh, time has been going on because when he, he Came up in 2020, 2021, and 2022, but he's improving continuously in offensive numbers. And he's gone from 642, 697, to 743 in OPS. So, you know, his projections go for this year. 730, it really helps to have those type of numbers because... Gonna be getting he's he's gonna be getting a lot more of an advantage because of these uh what's going on with his uh his numbers back then. All right. Well we're gonna go on to Nathan Eaton. I just wanna take a look at this guy before I get too fired up about him. Right field. Um, it's another one of these guys for the Twins that, or for the Royals, I'm sorry. Yeah. Twenty twenty two is his rookie year, and 
he played in 44 games, 106 at bats, 28 hits, 16 runs scored, four doubles, three triples. He had 717 OPS. So it's nothing great, nothing with mediocre, and uh, we'll see what this year brings for him. You know, his projections are. His projections are pretty decent. 728 OPS. Like I say, he's got a little power. Nine home runs and uh, 320 at bats. So, you know, that's not going to lead on. That's not going to lead the American League in home runs, but it's all right. Um, but yeah, this is a this is the. This is a young team, and you know that's the only way they're going to be able to. Uh, that's one of the ways that they're going to be able to to function. Is it's one of the ways they're going to be able to function by saying it's a young team. You know, unfortunately. But the Royals have been young ever since. And they were young back then, too, and they won the World Series. But um, it's just the way it is for them right now. And it seems to be that way in Major League Baseball. And uh, unfortunately, and unfortunately, it's, it, you know, for you to get go out and buy season tickets is kind of foolish for the price of, like, Kansas City or something like that because... They just don't have much. They just don't have much of a ball team, and um, you know, and, and I love the, uh, and I like the outfielders the Royals have too. You know, because they have Kyle Isbell, and he's supposed to be a uh, Montana, California, twenty-six years old, out of UNLV. Five foot eleven, one hundred ninety pounds. Yeah, it was a big loss for the Astros when uh, Altuve broke his thumb. But you know they've had a uh, they've had a run here of. An awesome run here, and you know the reality is too. And I look at that, what propelled them even more was the uh, they were beating on garbage cans, and they had, they came down and uh, real hard on them. You think that that was gonna it's gonna take the take the zest, zest right out of them? It didn't. They came back and were in the World Series one year, and then they won the World Series a year later, and. Um, So that's the thing is that, you know, we, we can all project a certain team to do this, but once they come across in a 162 game season, it's no small, it's uh, no luck, you know, it, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of, uh, they earn it. When you play 162 games a year, they earn it. 
And that's what you got to love about baseball. You know, there's small sample sizes, quite a bit of them actually. But it seems like when they, uh, seems like when they play in a position full time, they're, they start to see what, what they're made of. And, um, let's see, 2022, Ed had a 1.3 fantasy points per game. He had, uh, you know, he only had OPS of 603, so don't get too fired up about this guy. But we'll see what happens when it comes around when the, uh, we'll see what happens, you know, it comes around that new style of play and, you know, for guys like this that, uh, I can play some center field, go get him a center, and then switch around to the other positions. Um, it's a good time for, for Kansas City to be developing, too, because they don't have their, uh, their lineup overloaded with players from, uh, players from the long ball era. So these kids can go right into the this new era now, and um, you know there's been some there's been a lot of change to the game, and it's been it was fun to watch. It's been fun to watch the uh, these guys having shaving time off the freaking uh, shaving a lot of time off off the clock for how long a game is. You know, and it makes it a lot more exciting and a lot more uh, entertaining for me because it, it's just a lot less dwaddling like I am right now. You know, I'm telling you what, I'm taking up three games right now just by dwaddling around here. So you know, I'm moving around trying to get some things situated with, you know, trying to get these ads out of the ads out of the site and all that stuff. And but uh, so, anyways. Drew Waters just got, uh, he's on the IL injured list. So, he could back up this year. He's He was a big-time player in the uh, big-time prospect with the Braves system. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be, uh, they're going to want to attempt to play him. Maybe, you know, if, even if it's, in AAA and try to see if we can try to get into his potential and see if they can't get something out of that. And the other one, too, is President uh, don't call him the windmill, Brand Mill, Brand Mill Reyes. Or maybe they do. Dominican Republic, 6'5", 275, 27 years old, experience. Four years. He's got massive power. But he's just got to be able to make contact. And that's, you know, massive power back in last year and was fun. But this year you're going to want more uh, guys in your roster that can make better contact and be able to move those runners up and be able to move them along. 
So you're not living by the three-run homer anytime, anytime soon. So, you know, the days of uh, Earl Weaver coming back, you know, he used to look for three-run homers. And uh, now it's gone the other way. So, actually, you know what? These Royals, or these days, these days now are more like what the Royals were doing back in the, uh, when they were winning all the ball games back in the early 80s, actually mid-70s, early 80s, and, you know, they were playing astroturf baseball and, uh, stealing bases and, and moving runners off, but most of the ball, you know, they, they did a long ball as well. When you have Bo Jackson, they have George Brett and these guys in your system. And I cannot forget about Bye Bye Balboni because that man could really suck it. That's what it's about for these guys is making uh making consistent contact and um and unfortunately what's happened with the day is so Played with the Cubs in 118 games played last year, and Cleveland the year before, but he had uh, he averaged 1.8 points fantasy points last year, and he had like 638 OPS for the Cubs, and they're trying to catch lightning. They're trying to get had a good. Uh, feeling about him going in because of his uh, production. You know, he, he's been in the 800s and uh, 700s up until 2022. Career, career OPS is 781. So, let's see, you know, let's see what he can do. And, you know, you're looking at uh, his at-bats, 418 at-bats, you know, last year too. I'm sorry, the year before. He had 438 at-bats last year, and he struck out. Yeah, strikeouts have always been an issue with him. Um, 2022, he struck out 157 times and uh, 438 at-bats. So, you can do the ratio right there. It just says a lot about him. He's got to learn how to make more contact so he can hit more home runs. But saying that too is, you know, strikeouts are home run. Strikeouts come with home runs, so. You know, literally, I used to think of it later last year, but last year about this, you know, it's like, well, four singles make up for a home run, but uh, you don't get four bats at once, so when you get one at bat, eight home run, there you go. There's still going to be room for power in the game today. As there was in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And 80s, but uh, also 90s too. So, there's always been room for power. It's just talking about going about getting that power out of you. And um, if if you're going to have a... uh, Chris Carter career like he had or if you're going to be uh, and I'm not talking about the wide receiver either I'm talking about 
I'm talking about the big bell of the year who led the league in home runs for uh, time for the league in home runs last year. I mean, not last year, but three years ago with the Brewers. And then you don't see him anymore. So that's what I see with, uh, that's what I see with Fran Reyes anyways. I go on to Jackie Bradley Jr. Quite frankly, this guy just dove into the deepest depths of the earth with his batting average. And fortunately, he is a good outfielder. But defense, defense is, uh, let's just put it this way. If they had... If, if you had a fantasy team, defense would be not very well. Uh, you would not want much defense on your team. So defense doesn't produce numbers. Offense produces numbers, which wins fantasy. So this guy's five foot ten, 198 pounds. Jackie Bradley Jr. is, and he's went to South Carolina. Fast left, he throws right. He's probably one of the best fielders in the game. But like I said, big deal. And uh, he came over to the Brewers in a trade in uh, 2020. In 2021, they let him go. But, uh, you know, he was, he's frustrating because he was, he continuously made outs. Made so many, he, he was pathetic. And being pathetic in Major League Baseball does not win you a lot of games. Like I said, he's... He had, one, he, had, he had a 163 average for the Brewers that year. And this is in 2021. He had 236 OP. Oh, my God. On base percentage was 236. 261 slugging. And he had a 497. Uh, yeah, 497 it looks like. Yeah. OPS. And... Um, Last, but when he went to over to Boston, when he was with Boston in 2020, he had an 814 OPS. So, if they could get him back to playing the way he played in Boston, they would be a, uh, yeah, he did, he did well for Boston. Fifteen through twenty. You know, he was like, he was over 300. I'm sorry, he was over 800 three times. And uh, 2014, 2015, and 2020. First of threw him at the Brewer's doorstep. You know, coming off of 814 OPS year. 
looks pretty good. Looks pretty good for the Brewers. Looks like a good trade. But you never know until they get to the park. You never know. And uh, you can do all the uh, all the number crunching and statistical analyst analyzing. Reality is, is you know, it's what they bring to the park with them, their attitude, their uh, their ability to focus, their ability to concentrate. Um, and sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes, just like all of us, we uh, we have problems with our focus. You know, nobody has a hundred percent focus, but uh, MJ Melendez looks like he's going to be starting in the right field. Fran Miller, Fran Miller Reyes is going to be DH. MJ Melinda is DH. I'm trying to see if I've missed anybody here. They're going to have to get somebody different too besides uh, Hunter Dozier too for being looking for offense because it's not going to happen otherwise. Check the ace of the staff is going to be uh, Brady Singer. And... Um, I'll go through the I'll go through these uh, pitchers here. They've got they've done a nice job with the amount of young pitchers they've had, but you know it, it's it gets down to for them too. It, you know they're they're trying to bring in guys like Jordan Lyle and Zach Granke, guys that are on the last part of their career, and I think it's a good idea and trying to mix them with these. Uh, these young kids that are starting, like uh, Brady Singer and uh, Brad Keller and Daniel Lynch, and, and they have a lot of uh, hope that's out there for Daniel Lynch, but also Brady Singer. So you're looking at uh, for for the uh, relief core too. You're looking at Scott Barlow and uh, Rose Chapman as the uh, closers. And his setup would be Dylan Coleman. And the the guys that are taking up innings and trying to get being a middleman is uh, Taylor Clark, Amir Garrett, Jose Cuis, Carlos Hernandez, and uh, Jacob Brents. But I'll go through these guys quick. well, I'm going to end it right here. I just want to get to a different uh Instead of going into that, I'm going to go into the pitchers and have a pitching part too. And hopefully, and I want to get into the prospects too. So, nobody else has told you they love you today. I do. We're back to the part 